0: Well, again, welcome to Flipside. I appreciate you being here this morning. I want to give you just a little update on some things that are uh, happening uh, in the life of our church and our ministry in different places. Over at Stone Creek, uh, we've got a couple that I've been working with and talking with for quite a while. Uh, they've gone through the Discovery Center that we run for church potential church planters, uh, and they are going to become the new on-site uh, pastors of that church, which I'm really excited about to have them on site in that they live in the community. They sold their house up north to move down here to do this very thing. They've been in there a year. We've been working with them and talking with them. And so I'm excited about what God's doing to start that church there with live, full time, everything. Uh, I'm also excited uh, for uh, everyone who is invested in that ministry um, and given of themselves over the past year to be back uh, here at Maywood. And so God is orchestrating some things that's really, really exciting uh, as well as on our birthday on September 11th, we we're part of relaunching another church in the Denver area uh, that, at, at, on that same day. Uh, and so that's churches, I think, seven and eight that we've started so far. And through those eight churches that we've started, I think we started uh, over 20 other ones. Um, and so it's just like, thank you for understanding uh, our role in this world and that it's not about building our kingdom, but it's about building God's kingdom. And the best way to do that is through planting churches. And I'm telling you, like, you don't, <laughs> you don't understand, uh, how incredible that is for any church anywhere, uh, especially in America to start eight churches. Uh, that, that's one church every other year, basically is what we've done. Um, and you don't understand how, what an anomaly that is in, 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 in church world. Most churches live their entire church life without ever starting one. Uh, And so uh, when I tell you that you're a world-class church, you got to understand that, man, you really are. And the fact that we continually give away 40% of our income to plant churches and the mission stuff around the world and locally is is just phenomenal. So uh, I'm proud of you. I love you. I love getting to be uh, in ministry and doing this thing with you. And God is doing some incredible things to the life. And I say it all the time. You don't give to us, you give through us. Uh, and this is some of the fruit of it all. So thank you. I'm excited about what God's doing. Um, we're going to wrap up the series that we've been in the book of Colossians. And I'm going to look at one little pat, one, one little section of one verse um, and, and dive into that. It, it, it's one that probably you've never paid attention to. If, you, if you've ever read the book of Colossians, probably really never paid attention to it. Uh, but it's pretty profound when, you, when we dive into it. But let me set it up with this, and, and I think you'd all understand this. It's one thing to be injured by someone who you know is going to hurt you. Like, like enemies hurt enemies, right? We understand that. It's a whole other thing to be hurt by someone who you think's on your side. Right? So in the world of sports, it's LeBron... Promising Cleveland a title and then moving to Miami and getting one for them. Before he came back to Cleveland to get one there. You, you, you don't expect to be hurt by people who are supposed to be for you. It's Rod Woodson leaving the Raiders for Green Bay. Before coming back home to Oaktown. It's Tom Brady leaving the Patriots for Tampa Bay. And then beating his former championship team 19-17. to 17. That hurt them. You don't expect to be hurt by people who are supposed to be for you. In the Bible, it's Lot taking the best and leaving the leftovers for Uncle Abraham. In the Bible, it's the kiss of Judas on the cheek of Jesus. In the Bible, it's Demas in the life of the Apostle Paul. In Colossians chapter 4, this one verse, when you understand it, tells a very large story. Colossians chapter four, verse 14, the Bible says this. This is Paul writing to the church in Colossae. Luke, the beloved doctor, sends his greetings, and so does Demas. It's almost as if he's saying that, you know what? Demas says, hey. Now, I'm sure all of you know, but most people in other churches don't know how many times Demas is in the Bible. You all know, three times, right? You're afraid if it's not three, you don't want to say yes. Like, I do it. Yeah, you all know. Demas is mentioned three times in the Bible. And if you study who Demas was with a careful eye, you just may see yourself in one of those three instances. But you'll certainly see the warning. So Demas. He says, hey, let's look at the three times Demas is mentioned in the Bible. The first one is when Paul is writing in in what we have as the book called Philemon. It's a very short book. Verse 24 says this, Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my fellow workers. So so basically what he's saying is, he says, these guys, they're my fellow workers. They're they're, they're fellow prisoners with me. They're my day ones. Like, they're my guy." Like, Demas, he's part of this group. These guys are the ones who will bury a body for me and not ask any questions. You understand what I'm saying? Like, he's, he's my guy. That's the first time Demas is mentioned. He's in thick with Paul. Second time is Colossians 4. Oh, by the way, Demas says, hey. The third time, one of the last things Paul writes, 2 Timothy chapter 4, Demas, this same guy, because he loved this world has deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica. Started being the guy. And then it was like, hey. And then he's gone. Here's one thing I know, especially regarding faith. We cannot simply stay neutral. We will not for any length of time stay in the same place. We will move one way or the other. I want you to notice the journey in Demas. Fellow laborer, then he just greets you, and then he's forsaken us. I want you to notice the journey of Demas. Started strong, became lazy and distracted, loved the world, and left. The Bible says we cannot love God and. We cannot love God and love the world. We cannot love God and love money. We cannot love God and love my position. I cannot love God and my ego. I cannot love God and my, I can't love God and. Demas did. And he left. God's pretty clear about his priority in Isaiah chapter 42. I am the Lord, that's my name. I will not yield my glory to another or praise the idols. It can't be me and. See, at one time, Paul trusted Demas, my fellow prisoner, my coworker, my co-laborer. At one time, Demas was fully devoted to Christ and the kingdom, at least seemingly so, what happened? What happened? What I want to do in this, in this message is I want to I want to I want I want to teach you how to fall away from faith. I'm going to teach you how to fall away from Christ. I'm going to teach you how to fall away. Not because I want you to, because I want you to be aware of how it happens. Because perhaps if you are a Christ follower. If you're aware of how this happens, you might start to be aware of where it has happened in you. If you aren't a Christ follower yet, I want you to understand that these are some of the things that keep people far from God. Now, because I don't want you to stay fallen away, I'm also going to talk about how to come back. But let's start with my... guess as to what happened to Demas and with what I see happens in our lives all too long. How to fall away. You want to know how to fall away? You're like, no, I know how to do that. I'm good at that. I got that down. <laughs> like every weekend I'm falling away. <laughs> how to fall away. Well, you start by deconstructing your faith. You start by Tearing it down. This idea of deconstruction of faith seems to be really popular with people these days. Many who were once seemingly devoted have gone through this process of deconstruction of their faith and now are far from biblical truth. In Demas' case, Paul says he loved the present world and he went to Thessalonica. That means something. Because Thessalonica was the large city, was a wealthy city, was a cosmopolitan city. He saw the wealth of it, the success of it, the allure of it. And for Demas, maybe, just maybe, perhaps, that old school faith was just too old anymore. Perhaps the old school faith, the old school way of doing things, well, that was way back, like now it's different, perhaps. Perhaps for Demas, That old biblical faith, that old biblical truth really wasn't true. Maybe that old biblical faith was just out of touch with modern times and modern ideas. Maybe I need to tear down the old and start with something new. Let me tell you this, please. If it's true, it's not new. And if it's new, it's not true. But for Demas, perhaps... That old school way, those old school thoughts, that just—that doesn't jive with the current, but we know now. Let me just tear this down and build something else up that's a little bit more palatable for the current age. I don't know what it was for him. Maybe the sacrifice that was required for him to be devoted continually to Christ and to his kingdom just began to wear on him, maybe just wore him out. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was he looked around at the other guys his age and saw them starting to settle down and he didn't want to be on the road so much. doing Maybe it was he looked at the guys and saw them enjoying the pleasures and the parties and the pursuing their futures and that caused him to change his devotion. I mean, after all, what would be so wrong with a young man wanting to pursue the good life anyway, right? Let me just tear down this thing that I thought was, and let me start over. You know, not see same questions that many people face young and old today. Maybe it was the fact that Demas looks at Paul and saw all that Paul was suffering through. Where, remember, where was Paul when he wrote this? He's in jail. Headed to Rome, going to get his head cut off. I'm like, maybe Demas thought, okay, hold on now. If If this is what you get, when you're devoted to the kingdom, <laughs> I think I'll go sell insurance. I'm like, it's just, this is it. not that there's anything wrong with that. I just, maybe maybe may said, okay, if this is the way God takes care of his best, no well, thanks. I'm not sure what was on Demas' mind, but I know that he was tearing down everything that he had built his life on. I do know, I don't know what was on Jesus's mind, but I do know this. James 1 says a double-minded person is unstable in all they do. I do know that one of the quickest ways to, to fall away is to start tearing down the foundation of it all. I, I do know this, that God says, don't you realize as you look at the allure of culture and society, around, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? When St. Paul's saying, like this is, this is pretty basic. Or James is saying, this is pretty basic stuff. I'll say it again: If you want to be a friend of the world, you you make yourself an enemy of God. James is saying, it's it's pretty, it's pretty simple. J- just because there's difficulty in life or difficulty with faith. Doesn't mean it's time to start deconstructing it all. It, this wasn't the first time something like this happened to Paul. He had been down this road before. He had been tight with someone in ministry who just decided to de, de, just tear it all down and, and change his mind. See, earlier on a mission trip with a guy named Barnabas, we'll just call him Barney for short. Paul and Barney are on this mission trip and Barnabas wants to take his his, his young cousin, John Mark. And so Paul agrees and we don't know why, but sometime during this journey, Mark, young guy, decides that it's just too much. It requires too much. It asks too much of me. This isn't really what I I thought I was signing up for. And he just, he leaves the ministry. He leaves Apostle Paul, and he he goes back to the big city of Jerusalem. In Mark's story, a little bit, you know, on down the road years later, he's thinking, hey, I think I want to get back into that. And so, and so he asked Paul if he could jump back in, but Paul doesn't trust him anymore at this point. Like, you're supposed to be my guy. We were in this together. And then you bolted because, and now you want to come back? See, but he was, he was Barney's, he was Barney's nephew. And so Uncle Barney really wanted to bring him back in. And so Barnabas and Paul just, they just threw down with each other. And Paul, Paul's like, I can't trust him. And Barnabas, but he's my nephew. I believe in him. And, and they're like, oh, we're just going to, We're going to go our separate ways. So Barnabas took took John Mark and went one way, and Paul went another way. And Let let me just tell you, on a side note, sometimes it's okay to part ways. Sometimes it's okay to part ways. If you want to do kingdom stuff that way, and I'm going to do kingdom stuff this way, that's okay. See, God has a way of multiplying effectiveness. And, And the great thing about the story with Mark, unlike Demas is later Paul and Mark reconcile and reestablish their relationship and reestablish a ministry together. Matter of fact, and one of the last things Paul writes, he said, only Luke is with me now. And then he says, but here's the deal. I want you to get Mark and bring him with you to to me because he's helpful to me in my ministry. Like, Like the difference that we know from scripture between Demas and Mark, both of them left. The difference is Mark came back. We're going to talk about him in a minute. We're going to talk about how to come back. But one of the easiest ways to start falling away, just start deconstructing your faith, looking for something new, something easier, something more palatable. Another way to start falling away, and listen to other voices more than you listen to Jesus. That's a real easy way to start falling away, and it's real subtle. When we listen to other voices more than we listen to Jesus... When we listen to Fox News more than we listen to the words of Christ, when we listen to CNN more than we listen to the Bible, when we listen to Joe Rogan or The View or Ben Shapiro more than we listen to the words of Christ, it's easy to start falling away. And it happens to real good people and real faithful people when the first thing we do in the morning is open this up and say, what in the world did Trump do now? It's real easy to start falling away. See, if I had to guess, part of Demas' problem is that he listened to Paul more than he listened to Jesus. He listened to Paul every day, and Paul could preach, and Paul was intellectual, and Paul was intelligent, and Paul could parse up the old the Hebrew text in a way that Demas had never heard before, and it was mesmerizing and incredible. But the problem with Demas is probably he listened to Paul every day and not Jesus every day. No matter how much Demas listened to Paul about Jesus, Demas needed to listen personally to Jesus. The same goes for us. If we want to call us for those of us who call ourselves Christ followers, if we listen to other voices more than we listen to Jesus, that is a surefire way to start falling away. And just as a, as a note as well, we must never substitute going to church with personal attachment to Jesus. See, going to church can become just an activity if it's not done because of my personal attachment to Jesus. You got to be very careful. See, Colossians sets out, it's four chapters long. The first two verses are all about what God did for us through Christ. The last two uh, the first two chapters are all about what God did for us through Christ. The last two chapters, chapters three and four, is because of what God did through Jesus, our response is, and because of what God did through Jesus, our response to things. From Hebrews, let's consider how we can spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up what? Meeting together, like some are in the habit of doing. Like one of our responses, because of what God has done through us for us through Christ, is to not give up the habit of meeting together. Now I'm gonna tell you because y'all are here. But it comes very easy to think of reasons and excuses not to be here, right? It's too hot. I got to go to the coast. Kids are going to start school soon. Time for me to get. Had a really long week. Need to sleep in. It's real easy. And that's a real subtle way to start fall. Because of what God did through Christ, one of my responses, I'm not going to give up the habit like it's going to be a habit. Where we meet together and worship and fellowship and teaching. The other response, John 15, I'm the vine near the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you'll bear much fruit apart from me. Life isn't just hard, is impossible. So not only will my response be meeting together, corporately in worship and teaching, and but also I must remain in Jesus privately. You now prayer time, on you know, Bible time. See what I know is this: we must be attached to Jesus corporately in church and attached to Jesus personally in private. You. you you want to start falling away? Just start listening to other voices more than listening to Jesus, corporately, together, and privately. So, how to fall away. First way we start falling away is to what? What, what are we talk about? Deconstruct your faith, the foundation of it all. The second way is what? Listen to other voice more than listen to Jesus. There's another way we fall away and, and that's to move our focus from kingdom things to earthly things. Now, if I had to guess, I would guess that Demas probably changed his his focus and attention from heaven to earth. I mean, no, remember when the space shuttle used to fly to the moon and back? Like, it, it, did you know this, that the space shuttle was off course 90% of the time? Do you know that? it's off course now it's called mission drift it's off course and re- it recorrects it's often it going recorrect it's often it's constantly the special is constantly recorrecting its its its, its trajectory its direction because it got off course so much if if I had to guess demas didn't realize mission drift of his own heart and got off course and I understand the poor of this world and the problems of life are Very real and oftentimes strong enough to pull people weak of faith away from kingdom. So be careful of mission drift. You want to fall away from faith, start tearing it down and rebuilding it in a way that's more palatable and makes more sense for the current age. You want to fall away from faith. Start listening to other voices more than you listen to Jesus through his word. You want to fall away from faith. start drifting in your attachments to things of this world over kingdom. So are you understanding how to fall away? You got it? You, You probably know someone in your life who has done that. Be careful if it's you. But so don't stay in the world of falling away. Let's talk about how to come back. Can we do that? How do you come back? So if those are the things that that tempt us and draw us to follow, how do we come back? Well, I'm glad you asked. Colossians 3, 2 says, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. So so one of the ways we start to come back, because every one of us is going to listen to other voices more than we listen to Jesus at some point during the week, right? Every one of us is going to drift off course, right? Every one of us. Every one of us. And, and so part of the insur- for coming back should only stay drifted is to set our minds on kingdom stuff, just not on earth. And now when Paul uses the word set your mind, what he means literally is to attach your perspective and don't let your attention and your focus and priority drift. Like it's going to go that way So reset it. Don't let it drift too much. Now, Perhaps part of Demas' problem, he just got tired and worn out. I get that. Doesn't life life have a way of just wearing you down? Doesn't it? Any of you married? Well, that doesn't, obviously. But it just has a way of uh, just... Maybe he just got tired and worn out. It happens a lot in ministry. And it happens a lot to people of faith. The fact is that we're living in a world that is increasingly hostile to biblical values and a biblical worldview. And, And Jesus told us it would happen. And the more one tries to live with a biblical worldview and according to biblical values, the more the culture we live in is going to be hostile to that. But this ought not come to a surprise. I mean, it's Jesus who said, he said, listen. I can just imagine him talking to his disciples. Like, listen, if the world hates you, just remember, it hated me first. Like, this is not new territory for us. It hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you. You wouldn't have any problems. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I've chosen you out of it. So yeah, it's going to hate you. That's why the world hates you. Remember, I told you, a servant's not greater than his master. He's reminded them. Jesus says, I'm your master, you're my, and you're not greater than me. So if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you too. I'd not come as a surprise. See, Christ expects his people to hang in there. Christ expects us people to have a little bit more in the tank because we're privately connected to him. And Christ expects his people to have a little bit more in the tank because we're publicly connected to him with each other. And Christ expects us to have a little bit more in the tank because our minds are set on things above. It might get rough. But you got to have a little more in the tank. You'll drift a little bit. Your minds get distracted. Come on back. Set your, reset your priority. James 1.12. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive a crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Yeah, there's going to be tests and trials and difficulties. You're going to drift a little bit, but come on back. Reset your mind. Reset your focus, your priority. Don't drift so much. Catch yourself. I guarantee you, there's going to be times when you feel like you've had enough, right? There are going to be times when you want to tap out. Believe me, I know. There's going to be times when we're tempted just to stop. I'm done. There's going to be times when we're tempted to get double minded. Kingdom stuff. and There are going to be times when we're tempted to get our minds set on the things of this world rather than Christ-things. There are going to be times that happened to Demas, that happened to Mark. The difference, Mark came back. As far as you know from Scripture, Demas didn't. And so part part of my encouragement this morning, that if you've had enough, the invitation is to come back. Part of my encouragement this morning is that if you're on the verge of tapping out, the encouragement is to, <laughs> is to come back. My encouragement is if you want to stop, come back. If you're becoming double-minded, come back. If your mind of priorities is starting to shift from kingdom's things to the world things, y'all come on back. Set your mind. That's a choice, a decision. That my attention, my affections will be on kingdom things. Come on back. See, the fact is we're all tempted to wander. 1 Peter 5, 8, and 9. Be alert of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Stand firm in the, in, in the faith. See, there's a very real and present danger and enemy. And we're tempted to wander because of two things. You wanna know what they are? Two things are gonna tempt us to wander threats and seductions. When we're threatened enough, we'll wander away. When we're seduced enough, we'll wander away. Another word for threats and seductions are fears and pleasures. See, we're tempted to wander away out of fear because at some point when stuff gets so bad, we don't trust God's hand anymore and we become fearful of the future and we don't trust God's sovereignty and we feel God, fear God won't step in and do stuff the way we want him to do stuff. So we fall away. Or we wander because of pleasures, seductions. We begin to want the things of this world more than the things of the kingdom. And when that happens, we stop sacrificing, we stop investing, we stop giving, we stop changing. Apparently, Demas gave in to some of them. Though Demas started well, he gave out and gave in. See, Mark was different. Mark didn't start too good, right? Young, full of piss and vinegar, man, I'll go with you, I'll do that. And probably jumped in before he was really ready. And then he just flamed out. See, Demas started well, but he didn't end well. Martin didn't start too well. But he came back. So if you can feel yourself starting to, you know. Reset your mind, your focus, your passion, your priorities, your intentions, your affections on things above. You want to know how to come back? Isaiah 40, 31. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They'll they'll get tired, but they'll be made strong. They'll get weak, but they'll be made strong again. They'll soar on wings like eagles. They'll run. Long race, but they ain't going to get weary. They'll walk, and they're not going to stop. So one of the ways we come back is to wait in the Lord. That's what Isaiah 41 says. When, when, When the writer... Says to wait in the Lord. It means literally to be bound up and wrapped up in. Like a real strong rope. Some you know, all these, all these, all these fibers. It's all wound up and bound. That's what he says when he says to wait on the Lord, wait in the Lord. Be wound up and bound up. And when one is wound up and bound up in that, he ain't gonna, you're gonna fall too far. So the way you come back is you get wrapped up in Jesus and kingdom agenda. The way you come back is you get wrapped up in Jesus in daily time, privately in prayer and Bible. The way you get wrapped up in Jesus is you corporately meet together with Jesus weekly. The way you get wrapped up with Jesus, get this now, don't check out now. The way you get wrapped up in Jesus is to invest your money, your finances in kingdom stuff. That's just the look what the Bible says. If you got a good Bible, Matthew 6 is 21 is in it. And it says, you got a good Bible. It's going to tell you where your treasure is, your heart will be also. You want to get wrapped up in Jesus. Now, I have known many people, many people, who at one time seemed passionately in love with Christ, who have fallen away and deconstructed their faith and seemingly are far from him. But I've never known anyone Who's gone through that process of deconstruction while actively investing financially in the life of their church? No one. Usually when someone starts the process of falling away, if they were generous at one time, the first thing that stops is their generosity to their local church. And the reason is because the Bible's true. Your heart will be, and it is attached to where you put your money. Just on a side note, some of you, by the graciousness of our government, got $10,000. And I'm happy for you. It helps you get out of debt. I think everybody needs to be out of debt. I don't care how you do it. Get out of debt. So if you're one of the recipients, fantastic, man! I celebrate with you. I hope it helps you get out of debt. Uh, but just understand that the government has no money, but our money, and so you're welcome. <laughs> so, 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 someone, I, I just, but I'm happy for you. Uh, and and here's the thing: now you should have more margin to be generous. You understand? A couple other ways to come back. First Timothy says we gotta do a couple things we want to come back, but you, man of God, flee from all this. There's some stuff we have to flee from. And pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. You wanna come back? Be honest with yourself, man. There's some things you have to flee. Some things you're flirting with, some things you're involved with. You gotta flee some things. The reason why you're falling away is because you're pursuing some things you should be fleeing. You want to come back, you got to hold on to some things. You got to flee those things that are contrary to the kingdom and contrary to biblical standards, relationships, attitudes, and activities. You want to come back, you got to hold on to kingdom things, even when those things are contrary to the standards and expectations and ways of the culture around you. It looks different. Life does for a Christ follower. But here's this whole, let me wrap this whole thing up with this. Every one of us have, are, and will fall away. To some degree. Every one of us, if we want to enjoy this relationship with God through faith, every one of us has got to come back. And there may be some, need to be some readjustments of affections and attentions. There may need to be some readjustments of the voices we let primarily in our head. There may need to be some readjustments in the investments of our lives. and, and our There may need to be some. But over all of this, here's the thing. You want to come back? Rely on and accept God's mercy. When we try to come back based on our behavior, that doesn't work. We can never be good enough to come back. And God doesn't accept us based on our behavior and coming back. So the first thing we got to do is to rely on God's mercy because I have wandered and to accept God's mercy even though I've wandered. See, God is a God of forgiveness and God is a God of renewal and God is a God of mercy and God is a God of grace and God is gracious to the failures of us. And so I can come back, not because of who I am, and not because of how I changed, and not because of what I've done, but I can come back because God is merciful towards me. I love what First Timothy one says. I thank Christ, uh, Christ Jesus our Lord, who has given me strength that I that He considered me trustworthy and important. I am thankful that He's called me, even though I was far away. That He chose me and called me apart. Even though I was once, every one of us has an "even though I was once." Even though I was, he called me back. Even though I was, his mercy overwhelmed. Even though I was a once a blasphemer, a persecutor, and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in his unbelief. Even though. I love the fact that Paul can say, in essence, but I received mercy. I was once far. And now I'm near but because I received mercy. If you've fallen away and you want to come back, the mercy of God is profoundly for you. And when you've experienced that, you want to come back? Not only do you rely on and accept the mercy of God, you've been merciful to those who fall away. You want to come back? Then be merciful to those who have fallen away and haven't come back yet. See, religious people will see those who fall away and condemn them for their behavior and their fall. Christ's followers will see those who have fallen away and say, Yes, I was too. Even though I have, I have received mercy. And I will extend it. One of my favorite verses in all of Scripture. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, now let me just explain this. This doesn't mean you caught them because you're looking through their bedroom window when you saw them. That's not what this means. Caught, that's like a, a, a bear getting stuck in a trap. Like he's caught, he's stuck. And it doesn't matter if the bear knew the trap was there and stepped into it because he's stupid or if it caught him by surprise, it doesn't matter. No matter how it got stuck, he got stuck. So when someone is trapped in a sin like that, you who live by the Spirit, i.e. you who have come back, right? You who have come back should restore that person gently. That word restore means to step up under them, to, to bear the weight of sin with them. Jesus has taken the penalty, but you bear it on earth with them. And you do it gently gently with mercy and grace so they're not destroyed by the weight of their own sin. You want to come back? Then you will be merciful to those who are coming back. And the warning is be careful, though, you don't get tempted also and fall away. See, here's what I know. No matter your past, no matter the fall, there's renewal and restoration. No matter the path, there's new hope and new life. No matter the path, there's new call and new energy. Why? Because Romans 5.20 says, grace is greater than our sin and our fall. There's renewal and restoration. Why? Because grace is greater than There's new hope and new life. Why? Because grace is greater than. There's new call and new energy. Why? Because grace is greater than. And the only reason grace is greater than is because Christ is greater. That's what Colossians is all about. So, if you are in him, First John 4, 4. Becomes your reality. 1 John 4.4 4 Says greater is he who is in you Than he that is in the world. Greater than. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. So when you are in him There's a greater than in you. When you're in him there's a greater than in you. No matter the fall, no matter the drift, no matter the walking away, there's always the comeback. Because his grace is greater than. And the Christ in you is greater than your sin. The Christ in you is greater than the fall the Christ in you is greater than the addiction. The Christ in you is greater than the illness. The Christ in you is greater than the sickness. The Christ in you is greater than the habit. The Christ in you is greater than the hurt. The Christ in you is greater than the disappointment. The Christ in you is greater than the depression. It's greater than, come back. Father, thank you. Thank you. That you are committed to your kingdom, to your word, and to your invitation to invite us into it. Thank you that you are greater than God, I know that some of us have and are currently falling away. We've listened to voices more than yours. We've attached our attention and affection to things that are not kingdom. Become fearful and seduced. Hear the prayer of those who are coming back. If that's you, I'm going to invite you in this moment just simply between you and God in this place of public worship, privately in prayer to say, Father I'm going to come back. I want you to have all of me. I choose not to live in fear. I would choose to submit to you and resist the seductions of the evil one. I'm coming back. Some of you in this moment right now are saying to God, I choose to set my attention and my affection on kingdom, not the things of this world. I choose to rely on your mercy in spite of my even though I once was. And I choose to be merciful to those who have fallen away as well. Father, I believe that out of us, you are desiring and working to continue a new work that you began in us. I thank you for the ability, for the safety, and the beauty of coming back. Accept us as we do. Continue to give us mercy and grace before we do. We love you, Jesus. In your name I pray, amen.